AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, he's going, he's going. You press the button, he's going. Go. Welcome to the Fighting Cock, Engineer Al, the button presser, magician is back. We chat about trivia for England. Bournemouth getting smashed, then Bella the all-rounder, and the return of Kane. We preview some matches, chat about shitting and cheese, and Redknapp's era gets defined. Windy drops some knowledge, as always. Episode 13, Season 5 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. We're joined by Barty. Hello. 
We've got Windy. Oh, yeah. And for the first time in about two or three years, we've got Engineer out. Yeah! <laughs> How you doing? I'm very well. How's things been? What have you been doing to, in the last two years? I've been living in a van. <laughs> so, right, people that did listen to the podcast last week, um, we're dropping calm for, for a couple of months. That might sound harsh, but uh, it's for a good cause, which is you're raising mm. money mm-hmm. for homeless people in Brighton. Yes. Well, I wrote an EP when I was, I suppose, no fixed abode, would yeah. be the term. Um, and, yeah, going to sell it and raise money and uh, working with a charity called Off The Fence and the money will go to sleeping bags which is going to be given to just so you're going to hand them out or they're going to distribute them somehow they can get given I'm going to wear a white robe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no no they um, yeah the money goes all the sales go directly to them uh, the charity and they uh, anyone who needs one can go sign a form and get one every six months Yeah, new bag. This, I don't want to kind of blow smoke up your ass too much, but this was money you were going to raise for your course last year and you've decided that... Why why have you decided to do this? Because most people like to be charitable, but they don't Mm. put the interests of other people before their own, generally. So why, what, is it something that really moved you? How did you come to come up with this idea? Um, Well, I just thought... You know, I'm already in debt for my course and stuff, so a bit, a bit more won't, won't hurt. And, yeah. you know, I feel like we could raise more doing this and, you know, more good can be done. So, yeah. All right, so when's this EP going to be ready? Uh, I'm recording it in a huge church in Kemp Town on 11th of the 11th. Um, and then so I'm hoping for beginning of December. I've already been because um, Al's too modest. You know, he's, he's a very laid-back, modest man, and he he needs a marketing manager. So I said to him straight away, you know, we need to get Big Issue involved. So if anyone knows any contacts from the Big Issue yeah. or, or or publishers generally, then if if you feel like you can help out with this, then contact us. Yeah, definitely. In the usual ways on Twitter or via email, editor at thefightingcock.co.uk. Any ideas welcome, quite frankly. So, so uh, Al has essentially engineered this podcast from the very beginning. Um, and he's come today and seen our rickety setup because he hasn't been here. We record it and send the files over to him generally. Um, and one of the things he was worried about was the fact that the stand, the mic stand, was resting against the table on which we record. Yep. What was your method of uh, buffering the sound? <laughs> I, uh, well, oh, bearing in mind I've got a degree. <laughs> in sound engineering? Uh, music production, got a first. So I picked a Monster Munch out of bin <laughs> <laughs> and used it as a wedge. <laughs> does it matter what flavour Monster Munch does? Does some have like flaming hot? Flaming hot. Flaming hot are the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, what you so you, you you lived in a van. Yeah. Um, what was that like? It's all right. <laughs> I got chased around Brighton by Irish gypsies. Did you? At one point, yeah. Why? They didn't like me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you lived in a van. Uh, no, it's a up. long story. It's a long story. But yeah, it, it, it was up, up, ups and downs, some adventures, some. I shat in a plastic bag for a while, and I lived in a car park. <laughs> I used to buy a good technique, shat in a bag, wrap it up, and then just walk, because I had dogs, so I'd walk casually across to the dog poo bin. No, I think pop it in. I thought you were going to say fling it out the window. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> um, you, so you, when, when we started the podcast, you was interested in football and Tottenham. Um, but but that kind of, that's kind of disappeared a little bit. Mm. What what what's the reason 
for that because that would be strange to a lot of people that listen that kind of was interested used to go to the games but that kind of petered away and sometimes the reason is they fall out of love with the game um, yeah what was your reason well Tot- Tottenham came about it was a family for me for a, a while uh, which is exactly what I needed and I loved the whole thing about it you know the whole ritual of it going with the boys the yeah. brothers you know having a drink all together and going supporting and venting all emotions and it, it felt brilliant but then as I said to Wendy in the pub it, you know football supporting to me came from a, a rebellious spirit yeah. and to have that stifled by the the corporate, you know, the corporation the business the fucking security telling you to sit down yeah. all this shit it just and it, the money and I just couldn't afford it and it just kind of just fell off like that but you know I still see the repulsion when I uh, feel the repulsion when I see a, you know Kuna yeah, yeah. things like that <laughs> stuff like that never leaves still got your <laughs> tattooed on the inside of my lip so, <laughs> so yeah I understand it though because I, I I feel the same disaffection with a game but obviously I don't know I mean I am invested obviously we do this podcast every week so if I weren't interested in Tottenham it would be a bit difficult but I can understand that and I can understand why people don't go football anymore and I, I do experience it when I go to Wyatt Lane especially there is something missing something missing from my youth and it may be that I'm getting older and maybe that it doesn't quite you know you get a bit older and, and the thing it becomes you've experienced it all before but there has definitely been a drop off in, in the um, but- I was just say, Barney was talking about the Bournemouth game yeah. and the whole kind of Brilliant, atmosphere yeah. of going away, and it, you know that that that's that was what it's about. It, it makes football become an event again, where you get kind of used to the whole kind of you turn up at White Hart Lane and it's the same, the same times as on a Sunday afternoon. Just, the excitement's gone. But yes, yesterday was pure. I mean, you're going <laughs> away from home and you're seeing someone like Harry Kane score a hat trick. And you're in there. You're in someone else's manner. I know it's only Bournemouth, and it's not like it's Man United or Arsenal or something. But still, that's a small victory. And the whole thing of just spending the whole day going away and just being a little bit naughty. Not like not, I'm not like a naughty person. I'm not going to start. I know I got kind of a, a way middle class fan. I get called <laughs> names for wanting to take a sandwich with me. But <laughs> but you know, it's it's a bit different to go to White Hart Lane. What 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 do you mean? About the sandwich thing? Well, I just thought bringing a sandwich, you know, <laughs> is quite useful because when you're drinking, you need something to eat. So I thought bringing a sandwich might be a good idea. I was shot down immediately. Who shot you down? T, Anthony, and Jason. They all what? call me sandwich nonce. <laughs> <laughs> sandwich nonce for the whole trip. <laughs> but, but how's T feeling today? Because he didn't have a sandwich. Yeah, that's what happens, you see. He didn't eat anything. From the moment he started drinking, all he had was like four Percy pigs. <laughs> <laughs> he's all over the place today. He's in the month now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, got a question in from John Steggles of Facebook. He says, how do the rest of the pod feel about not having a theme tune like Windy or Ricky? Mm. All the music is blinding. Clearly a very talented man. That's really nice, isn't it, Al? It's lovely. It is. Um, how do I feel about it? I feel more of a cunt if I ask for one, to be honest. <laughs> But you're in one of them though. When the getting shirty one, Flab put down that curly whirly. Why are you getting so curvy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. And I love that. That's the brilliant. best. I, I want to bring get shirty back just for that. Yeah, well, we'll speak to Jeff Mace. If, I'm sure if he still listens. But um, that's good. But yeah, that's an insult. And <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the ending, the outro, the outro one insult. is what everybody knows. Flab baits a prick. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I do want a thing tune, actually, but um, that's a good question. Bardi, you, you haven't done anything to deserve one. 
No, well, I, <laughs> apart from few, give terrible predictions, there's been a few where I've been on and um, I've been waiting for the end to see if I've been featured in a remix. I've been in one remix and it was like my laugh and it was just like I've played it to my girlfriend. <laughs> That's me. I've made it. I've made it. <laughs> Sandwich nonce is workable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel having one wind? It's. I remember the first time I heard that theme tune. It's been there four years now. It's incredible. It is so But great. the thing that makes it so good is obviously because it's so different to me and it, yeah. it, it doesn't fit <laughs> with really my... <laughs> doesn't fit with my, my character and my voice and it's just a brilliant <laughs> interlude between my update and the rest of the show. If anyone doesn't know why this, why Windy's got like this kind of gangster kind of rap-type intro to his segment is... Um, in the first season, we made this narrative that he was like a he, despite, despite his vo- that, you know introduced sounding, crack in the eighties. Yeah, the country, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we also finished the pod of the season. The end of one season finale was incredible because Windy burst through the door of, of the shop where we record, and now did all these like machine guns, and we pretended we was being shot. It was I'm not doing it justice, but going back to the last the last episodes of season one is. It's fucking brilliant. It was like EastEnders. <laughs> Better than meets EastEnders. Narcos. <laughs> yeah, EastEnders meets Narcos. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You can't ask for a theme tune. But thanks for the question, John. Uh, all right, let's move on to the football. Um, we've got more questions from Raul in the uh, in, in the second half. Um, but let's deal with... Oh, I mean, Anderlecht away, we could do... You know what? It was the reaction what bothered me about Anderlecht away. The reaction from people, they're acting like we've had the worst season on earth. I mean, I know it wasn't a great performance. Anderlecht aren't great. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Just slipped out. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. I didn't even know it was coming. Uh, and, uh, but it wasn't, it weren't that bad. And we, you, every team has bad games. This is it. Then it's our fans, in a nutshell, on, on, on social media, certainly, it's not probably not the same at the ground, I'm sure, but um, people get. People are a little bit bipolar when it comes to Spurs results, and there's an there's an element of it which I get, and it is frustrating when you've had a, a string of draws where you probably should have won games, and then you play poorly and you get nothing from a match. But mm. at the same time, things feel like they're going in the right direction generally at the moment, so we should be celebrating that. We should be quite happy about the kind of upturn in performances, if not results. And we we've got a really young young team, young manager. There's a lot of positivity there. And we need to appreciate that. But what I really enjoyed was um, Pochettino's um, interview after the match. We've not really heard him call out the team at all, I don't no, think, in, in his tenure. Mm. But he was furious with the performance. And I kind of, as much as I think the um, Twitter reaction was over the top, the performance was shocking. It was a really bad performance. And it, it wasn't one where I felt like we'd just been outfought or we'd been outplayed. It felt like we didn't try. Like we we tried for the first ten minutes, and we got the better of their defence countless times in, in that spell, and we co- probably could have won at a canter. And then it just felt like our players were taking it too easy, and they they treated it like a training game almost. Drucken, this is, this all that. this is a problem now because we've got a settled first eleven that the the second string kind of know the second string, and they're in that situation where they just unable to, or they don't think they'll be able to break through. It seems to be an away away in Europe thing. I can't remember the last time we've really played well in Europe away from home. And at home in Europe, to be quite honest. I mean, we've had a couple of good performances, but on the whole, it feels like the players... The fans 
I, well, I love European competition for a number of reasons, but not least because the tickets are cheaper and you, you can generate a bit of atmosphere with, with fans in a section together. But the players clearly take it less seriously than the Premier League. They're less switched on. They, they For the reasons that Barley just mentioned, they're probably a little bit demotivated because they're out of a team, or some of them are out of a team for the Premier League matches. And it's probably hard for them to then get up for the European matches. But they need to see what Kane did last year and how you can propel yourself into the first team. Exactly. It's a platform. It's a, it's a serious platform where you can actually make a case for yourself. And um, they're, not, they're not doing it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the game, but from what I've read and what I've seen... Players like Trippier, who's got an opportunity there to really make a name for himself, is not. He's not doing it. My prediction of him being England's uh, right back at the beginning of the season is not. Uh, it's not going to come off. It, is could, it? it could still happen. It could. <laughs> be like, it, could it could. A King Ralph thing. The England team sits down for a team photo. They all get electrocuted, and there's no one else to play right back apart from Kieran Trippier. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what? What's King Ralph? You know, you see King Ralph, where the no. whole royal family gets together for the f- for a photo. <laughs> no one's seen I've this. I've not seen it, but it sounds awesome. Is it, did you dream this? No, man. It's like. Have you heard this, Al? No. You know, no one's seen King Ralph. No. They get the whole fam- royal family together. There's a photo. They all get electrocuted, and this American guy, John Goodman, ends up being king of England. That's not true. Not, <laughs> you made this up. It's not based on historical facts. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made it up. Though. So how does this relate to Trippier? Well, because maybe <laughs> it was a long day yesterday, man. <laughs> maybe like to just drop it. Well, like, no, fuck off! I gotta explain myself, Go man. On, Making me explain myself. <laughs> Go on. Maybe Kane, um, Klein, and Johnson, all the other right backs, they're together in a club and. Uh, they all get electrocuted. <laughs> no, it's not helping myself. Let's this is fucking mental <laughs> and incredible. I love you. Uh, right, yeah, so I'm basically you're saying if they all get into <laughs> club, they get electrocuted. My prediction might come it true. It might be true. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> believe in me. I believe in me now. You've instilled a newfound confidence by your fucking craziness. Brilliant. Um, should we fuck handle it off? Yeah, fuck him off. All right. Um, actually, got a quick question from I think it's uh, T because he wrote the running order despite being very poorly. Um, disappointed to lose in Belgium. Do you feel? Do you think this would be a wake up call for fringe players? As we kind of covered. More importantly, will Bardi say sorry for declaring Okaku was shit? Well, he is shit, and he's but scored. Uh, we've had worse players score against this than Okaku, and I'm sorry. It's not my fault. Fuck it out. That I can do. <laughs> But um, <laughs> do you feel like he's a bit? I feel a bit bad because a couple of people pointed out Bardi's getting bullied last last time he was on. Yeah, it's true, man. Um, so sorry about that, but he's, we right. make you explain yourself all the time. It's not fair. You should just come on and make your point. Well, the thing was when because um, I, I didn't see the ga- I didn't see the game after I'd finished. Put on looked on Twitter and I saw a car score scoring already. I had people saying "fucking hell, Bardi, yeah. you've, you've done it again." It's not, and yeah. you know. <laughs> you just get it at all angles. Don't you? Sandwiches. Go home, my girlfriend starts hitting me. <laughs> there was a little bit of truth now. Right? <laughs> yeah, it that, came that, out of nowhere. That, it came out of nowhere. That's the thing. And when things come out of nowhere, there's truth. So I'm really sorry that's happening to you. There's people you can talk to. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about Bournemouth because that's much more exciting. You went to the game, buddy. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you had a bit to drink, but could you appreciate the the performance, or was it a performance more more down to them well, being the, the, terrible? The first thing that took me by surprise is it's a proper old school like football league stadium. You know, it's in like I think it's like almost in like an. How much does it hold? 
think it's like 12,000 maybe. That, they shouldn't be allowed in the league. Single, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all for small clubs getting ahead in that, but that's fucking ridiculous. You've got to walk through like an industrial park to get there. Yeah. It's like, you walk, I mean, you walk through all these little houses, then boom, industrial park, and there's the stadium. And it's a proper throwback to like old school lower league football well, that's because essentially Bournemouth far. You know? did you enjoy going to it? I mean one of the things I liked about the Barnet away game was that it was proper old school there was terracing yeah. um, and, and more I was mucking about but 12,000 but you know that is nice I like, always nice. like Fratton Park and it's, an, it's a shithole the stadium is horrible it feels like it's about to fall apart at any minute yeah. but it's romantic it's got character you know a lot it's of kind of ramshackle isn't it yeah. that's what we like about football we like the kind of we don't care about the the nice looking stadium well, yeah the, because the so many stadiums are like that now aren't they and Spurs's will be and it's a bit sad mm. I, I've, I've got a little bit of pride that when I walk to High Art Lane and it's it's a rust bucket yeah like the, the, the girders are they girders or whatever they are the yeah. things at the top they I used to be yeah. painted blue but now they're it's just stopped. rust it yeah. looks like they're going to fall apart yeah. I think they just stopped this saving cost what's the point they're just letting it and Levy walks in every day of work looks up and goes fuck I've got to sort them guys out <laughs> <laughs> you know you do that when you, yeah. you get to the like, oh, fuck those guttering shit um, but that's the beauty of the Bournemouth Stadium that's what exactly what it's like and um, really close to the pitch really low level uh, but the, the you could get served really quickly which was yeah. beginning, that was impressive that's important it was important the Fratton Park had essentially a, a tea shack for 3,000 people <laughs> And to get to it, it was a, like a, a walkway which must have allowed two or three people. It wasn't safe. Yeah. I mean, if there was a fire or someone let off a fire bell <laughs> or a stink bomb and anyone had to get out, you'd, you'd be crushed, you'd be dead. You'd be dead. Um... <laughs> <laughs> <don't> Kane... Bombshell. <laughs> Kane scored that trick. Um, did he score a hat trick technically? I mean, I know he put the ball. Like, technically, he scored a hat trick, but was that down to him or was it down to their keeper having an absolute um, horror show? A bit of both. I mean, the, the, Kane was class. I thought he had a really, really strong game, and it kind of looked like the Harry Kane of old against, admittedly, a very poor defence. But Boric was horrific. It was terrible. It reminded me of that period that Gomez went through where he was almost throwing the ball into his own net. Mm. Boric was at, at that level where everything he touched went yeah. to shit. If this was if this was a Serie A game, Boric would be in the dock for match fixing. That was really <laughs> fucking dodgy. It was. But Kane did really well. The, the second goal from Eriksson's pass, the timing of his run, the finish, that was classic Kane. And then the first goal, his touch, his run and touch for the uh, to win the penalty were, yep. were top class. And he also did that little run down the line, which led to Lamella's goal. Lamella. Um, so Kane had a really good goal, yeah, good he game, did. and deserved deserved his hat trick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was great to see, and it was good. I mean, hopefully, it will return his confidence yeah. to what it was before. Um, as we, we sent the tweet out, it was a little bit cheeky, given the fact that he scored four more league goals this season than he had last season. But obviously, he played one game. We thought it was funny and it irritated a lot of people, which made me happy. Um, but yeah, yeah, he did have a good game overall. And one of my criticisms this season, he's been getting caught in the ball often. His distribution's been pretty poor. Um, his driving runs that we saw so often weren't coming off for whatever reason. But against Bournemouth, it, it did. And and you say they're terrible defence. It was terrible yesterday, but they haven't been... At home, Russian. they've been good. They've been. They, they lost. They lost five one last week as well. Yeah, to Man City, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that didn't count. I mean, only yeah. we smashed I mean, they, Man City. They've done okay at home defensively. Mm. They, well, they, 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 they had a, a really dubious goal against uh, Liverpool at Anfield. Otherwise, that would have been a clean sheet. Mm. 
We did play very well. Our pressing game was superb. I'm pretty sure that every game can be decided on how well we press, how intelligently we, we press. Um, and when it works well, it's, off, it's really hard to, to play against a team like Spurs when we're doing that correctly. And when it doesn't work, our system does seem to fall apart a little mm. bit. And it was nice to really spank a team and not have to worry about it. Because even though we put four past Man City, you still got that nagging feeling that the game could turn. And when we beat Chelsea 5-3, we're still panicking the whole time, thinking they might get back into this. I was 100% convinced we were going to lose the game uh, pretty much up until about 75th minute. What, the Chelsea game? <laughs> no, Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth game. <laughs> Bournemouth. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were going to come back and because uh, I've seen it happen. But we are more resilient. We have been more resilient over the last few years, and maybe it's time to forget that, leave it in the past. That isn't the Tottenham that we are anymore. But certainly this season, with Alderweireld and Vertonghen, I know we're not going to talk about them again because we went over it last week, but um, I fucking love how stingy we've been. Really hard for us to beat us. As, as you've seen, we haven't lost a game since the first game of the season. We're going to win the league. Can't see why we won't. Why not? Champions League. Champions League's definitely on. There is a, definitely a space there in the top four that just want, it needs a team, either us, West Ham, even Leicester, Liverpool, whoever, just one team to step up and take it. And It's there. It's there for the taking there. This is a good question. Toby Lesson from uh, Facebook, he says, Moussa Dembele has been used as the solution to every problem. He's played up front in, the, uh, in, in with Dyer, in, in replace of Dyer, wide right, uh, he played number 10. Um, where do you think he should play uh, and how do you think he's done? He should play as he has been playing. You don't like him, Windy. But can I just just, just to answer his question? He, he's, he can do what he's asked, and if that means playing in every position in midfield to the foot forward line, and, and does it well, in my opinion, then that's a good uh, resource to have in your squad. That's exactly it. I mean, he's he's a perfect utility man who can't nail down a regular place because he's an imperfect player. He's, he's very frustrating because he's got so much talent. Um, but equally, he's got so many things that, that, that don't work really on the pitch. He, he can dribble like very few other players. The ball just sticks to his feet. He's a strange, first touch strange is running immense. Style. Yeah. He doesn't really lose the ball, well, barely ever. He's just so good at taking players on. He can get out tight spaces. But he's also so limited in his vision and his passing, and that's always going to hold him back in the attacking third. What he's really good at, he, actually he impressed me against Liverpool because he did the things that I didn't think he could do, like the dirty work, like tackling back and then giving it simple, and that was really nice to see. Would you have given game. him man of the match against Liverpool? I'd have given Alderweireld man of the match against <laughs> Liverpool, but I thought Dembele had a really good game, probably one of his best games for Spurs. Yeah. Um, but I liked this week his pressing, he was... Very effective at winning the ball when it looked like we probably wouldn't win the ball. Um, there were a couple of times where he did his usual thing of dallying a little bit, where I think another player would just pass the ball sooner. Like he'll try and take on one too many players, or he he won't spot a forward pass, so he'll play it backwards or sideways, and that's always been what what will hold him back. But he scored a goal. He took he took his goal really well, um, and it was kind of it was one of those chances where it looked easy when you saw it from behind the goal, but in the spur of the moment, that's not necessarily an easy I chance. The finish was the finish was what you'd expect, but the way he put he took the ball, which very was, calm. It, I mean, it, it ricocheted in. Yeah, magnificent assist from Rose, and it just kind of cannonballed uh, through there, and it went into his path, and he had to show the like you said, his first touch is amazing, and he was probably the best player to take that position there. And as number ten, that's exactly the position he was supposed to be taking. Yeah. 
I just like the fact we have him who can fill these roles yeah. and isn't going to let us down. You're right, his passing and vision is, is lacking. Certainly that's the area of the game he needs to work on and I'm not sure if that's ever going to come for him. But his all-round play... You know, my, my old man was saying he um, he slows the, ball, the, the game down. He slows it down and he does and that's, that's the way he plays and he was saying he shouldn't be a number 10 for that fact. But that's useful. That's useful, certainly against... Against some teams, it's very... Against Liverpool, it was useful. Yeah, yeah. And he did well yesterday. I mean... He wasn't the best player, but he, he he did okay. And what more can you ask? He's been thrown into four different positions. Most people, most people, uh, players learn their craft, learn their role. They become specialised in that role, um, and they can't really be utilised without it having a detrimental effect on the team. But with Dembele, he's just he kind of just fits in and gets on with it and does what he's asked, and that's quite a rare thing. I think mm. it's a useful thing. I, I hope he, I hope we don't sell him. I think what we're seeing in Dembele is. Um, Pochettino made it quite clear that he trusts him and I think you're seeing that replicated on the pitch that Dembele, he knows he, he, doesn't, he hasn't got a nailed on position but he knows that manager believes in him to play in a variety of positions and he's actually trusting the things that he does well, his strength, his speed and his skill and he's relying on them and he's not trying to be somebody else. He's actually being a useful player by just playing to his strengths. I'm not convinced that Pochettino trusts him. I feel like he's only used when there's no other alternative. Um, so at the moment, Chadley's out, Son's out, so Dembele's a natural fit. Him or Townsend, and Townsend's very rarely paid on the left for us. But he, but he could change it. He could put Ali further forward, put Carroll in, and then put Ta- or use Townsend. Yeah, he could have played Carroll. I think you'd be a bit harsh on Dembele, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think you should apologise. <laughs> Frankly. At some point, maybe. We'll see. I mean, I, I wanted to just mention that... Um, about Ericsson playing on the left because it's been one of those debates um, for the last two seasons really is loads of people used to say Ericsson has to play in the middle Ericsson has to play in the middle and I thought yesterday we sort of saw the good and the bad of Ericsson on the left good in attacking terms just finds those pockets of space cuts in his right foot the through ball to Kane and that won the penalty I think and a couple of other through balls as well some nice skill but then for the um, Bournemouth goal most people blame Rose for that. I blamed Ericsson because he was stood next to Richie um, early in the move and didn't track him back, whereas I think a more diligent uh, wide player would have tracked his man. Lamella certainly would have tracked his man. Um, and I think Ericsson and, and Rose probably don't have that cohesion that a string of games brings, but I think there's potential for Ericsson on the left, and I kind of like the idea of Ericsson left and Sun central where he can run beyond Kane. It's not something... Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I, I think Ericsson playing left is probably because he's not strong enough at the moment to play centrally. I think he's a bit weak there. And um, What do you mean he's not physically strong enough? I don't think he gets around. I don't think he does enough going backwards, like defending and tackling. I think if you look out, I think Ali will probably end up in that role and you can just see he's a bit more of a dynamic player, a bit more box-to-box, you know? And he doesn't keep fannying out of tackles either. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the damage of, of Ericsson playing on the left can, can do. Um, it does leave us open. I saw last season, um, you know, we conceded goals because of his lack of aptitude and <clears throat> work ethic. So, it's. I mean, every player in every that will have weaknesses to their game, and defensively, he's non-existent. Ericsson. arguably, Lamella's the complete opposite. Whereas offensively, he's non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> defensively, Aaron Lennon. What is it about attacking <laughs> right, right wingers? Right, get a player that's good both ways. Yeah, but he, he, he scored, Lamella. Um, right place at the right time, yeah. instinctive finish. 
Yeah, and Pochettino likes him, so no matter how much or how abject he can be at times, and I, I still do have faith because I'm sick and tired of changing my mind well, about him. Really. I don't think it's even about faith. To be honest, he's got the right attitude, and it brings that adds an awful lot to our team. Just yeah. get having players that are snapping into challenges. That's the way that we want to play, and it works well for the team. So I can't really. And it breaks up play. It exactly. does. Yeah. It really does, and you can't. I know the, the argument. Forget thirty million pound. It's not. It's That's nothing, irrelevant. It's That's nothing to do with him. And also, let's face it, it probably wasn't thirty million up front. There's probably a heck of a lot. Of, this is Daniel Levy. Do you think he'd pay thirty million <laughs> euros for Eric Lamella? No, of course he wouldn't. It it's would probably be, like add-ons for goals and cut wins. So we'd probably pay zero for him. Let's just it? hope that the add-ons aren't for interceptions and tackles. Lamella and Walker yesterday hunting in packs. The pair of them were just like snapping into tackle. I think that relationship's really developed. Absolutely, nicely. that right-hand side is so strong, and, and part, part of the reason why we're not conceding goals is this. Is this system and play? Mm. It's working. Mm. They're, they're understanding what Pochettino. And also with Dyer in that holding midfield, he covers the right back spot so well. So that you've got that that square of Walker, Alderweireld, Dyer, and Lamella. That is a solid right hand side. None of this. None of this is a coincidence. No, uh, or uh, or luck. It, all of this is is deliberate and planned. And people said um, we have to wait until Pochettino gets his season with his players. Mm. And to, to be honest, when I first heard that, I thought it was a little bit kind of, yeah, I mean, if you can't do it after a season, then then maybe it's that that's bollocks, essentially. But you get your your players, you get your team, and get them playing with enough time and, and, and being able to be trained in a certain way that they can deliver a game plan, and, that, and that's what's happening. We were, le- were leaking goals for fun last year. We weren't scoring. It's changed, simply. And I don't know if it will carry on all season, but we can only go by on the first, what is it, 10 games? How many games have we played? Something like that, yeah. So it's been 10, wasn't it? Nine, nine games? Nine. Fuck <laughs> 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 It gives a shit. It gives a shit. Uh, yeah, you're right, though. So you make a good point. The rotation will have to come in at some point because we have been essentially using a lot of the same players over and over. Yeah, but we've got a lot of injuries as well. And also we've got good backup players, so we can cope with it. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had the players we've got out. Mason came on, which was good to see. I he thought he, good cameo for Mason. Did. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I didn't even know he'd come on until I went to watch match of the day last night. I was like, fuck Mason. Came <laughs> he, I like, what I liked about Mason was he was demanding the ball loads, just pass, pass, pass. Yeah. Just, he's only on for about 20 minutes and he passed the ball about 20 times. Is that a stat? Is that a official that, stat? About that. About that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were counting, you bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I called you a bitch. Necessary. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so that's it for the first half. Um, we've got you, Wendy. And our single. Yeah. Wendy, back to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth updates, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, Kenny McAvoy's loan deal at Stevenage has ended early. Sheringham didn't feel he was the right player. He said, with Kenny, he had a tough start. I have more trust in my players that I can get something out of them than persevering with someone that I don't know when you don't get a chance to look at people and there's so many games coming thick and fast. Dominic Ball is starting for Rangers as I record, with Nathan Odwell missing out through injury. That's probably because he was kicked to pieces in their last match. DeAndre Yedlin is also starting for Sunderland in a huge match against Newcastle. 
Grant Ward played 90 minutes on Friday night for Rotherham in their 2-1 home defeat to Sheffield Wednesday, and Connor Ogilvie missed out for Stevenage through injury. Moving on to the youth teams, our under-18s lost 1-0 to Leicester on Saturday morning, a last-minute counter-attack leading to a goal in what was apparently a close match. Our under-21s drew 1-0 with Liverpool at Stevenage on Friday night, with Anton Walks on the score sheet again. Walks was effectively playing as number 10, having played mostly as a defender for the under-18s. After the match, Hugo Echiog said it's frustrating because we were well on top in the first 20 minutes, scored the goal and looked comfortable, but in the end, Tom Glover made top-class saves point-blank to keep us in it. Alfie Whiteman started and Marcus Edwards and Keziah Sterling both came off the bench as the England under-17s drew 0-0 with South Korea in the under-17 World Cup. England now need to wait until Sunday night to find out whether they've made it to the last 16 as one of the best third-place sides. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On Your Spurs. All right, second half of the Fighting Cup podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Pleasure. How was it this week? Any good? It's I haven't listened great. to it yet. You sent it over on Sunday, I think. Yeah, um, did it early. I was a bit busy. I had a busy week, so I got in early. Yeah. What were you up to? What was made it so busy? Just work stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing exciting. Bought a house, that kind of thing. Oh, here he goes. Humble <laughs> brag. <laughs> just bought a house, didn't I? I'm only fucking 18. I bought a house. Well, it's just yeah. he's been talking about he's doing like his DIY stuff, so in my head I've got like... I went to Screwfix yesterday. <laughs> I know I felt like a proper man for the first time in a while. Yeah, so. I'd be lost in Screwfix. I didn't even know there was a shop called Screwfix. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I thought I was kind of um, really manly that I was choosing my socket covers, and they had all these Just abbreviations socket. in there. Well, you didn't buy a fucking wrench. I've uh, already got a wrench. Have you? Yeah, I've got a wrench. Oh mate, it fucking weirded me out when they wanted my address. Who? Screwfix. Yeah, that is weird. They asked you your surname why? in your postcode. <laughs> what? Why? Why did you go to Screwfix? Why does anyone go to Screwfix? Well, what was you fixing Man up? Needs I'm curious. Man needs screws and shit. <laughs> Sandpaper. <laughs> what was you doing? I don't know, mate. I've been there quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a weekly thing? Huh? Weekly things? No, you, might, you need a hacksaw for this, an hammer for that, you know? <laughs> Duct tape. Buzzsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Acid. I can see Alex would look all right in there, but Windy, I would like to have seen Windy popping into school. He, he would have been bumping I, into I shelves. I didn't fit in. Were you nervous? I was actually, I was, my, my palms were sweating, but I was more nervous because I, I, I just, I can't, I'm one of these people that I just doubt myself constantly, so I was, I poured through the catalogue, they got, like, you go in, it's a bit like Argos, they've got catalogues and you mm. write down your order number on the sheet, and so I went in and I, I picked out these socket covers and they've got sort of acronyms next to the sockets and I didn't know what they meant, so I was Googling, trying to subtly Google what they meant without anyone in there seeing me. I, I went to actually pay and I realised that I'd probably picked something that's the wrong thing, but Why I was too right? nervous to take it, to change my mind. I'd got Mate, you there. need some more... There. You've got to have more self-assurance. I just doubt... Everything I do, I doubt myself. What's a socket cover? What is a socket like a, cover? You know, like a plug socket where you've got the two buttons and... Yeah. The, yeah. So you oh, go that? for yeah, aluminium yeah. finish or plastic? Plastic, because it matches what's in the rest of the house. So. Mm-hmm. This is boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is from a man that loves Ikea, so he's kind of... Uh, Mate, you've got to sort the Ikea problem out. It's like Every weekend, no matter how hungover Bardi is... He's on his He's way there. to Ikea. Fuck off. He loves it. I can't help it. Then you, can, you can, Why can't he help it? Well, because my girlfriend can't drive. So oh. I've got to drive her there. 
Not not for any physical reasons, just because she's doesn't. Just not, not because you live there. Where did that come from? What are you talking about? I'm going to be really sad. Oh, I'm so sorry. What, what you thought that we thought that your girlfriend was disabled? No, it's just, just the way you looked at me and you went... Oh, 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 okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you were doing a nice thing. I did, you didn't think I was digging you out. Oh, yeah, I was and I wouldn't dig you out if your girlfriend was handicapped. Immediately you made me go on a defensive. But you shouldn't be on defensive. You fall in love with who you fall in love with. It doesn't matter. Both of you need to get... You feel stronger about who you are. The decisions you make are your own. There's no more bowing down or trying to mould to what I think. I understand I'm an influential person in your lives. I get that. I don't mean that, Al. Um... Oh, what? Why did you, you, you as a, a free man, was uncomfortable with giving your address to Screwfix? Oh, so and and you questioned them. Mm-hmm. Wendy, did you question me? Just give them the address straight away, Gates. No question. <laughs> but if I was out and I had to write the van, the hill, the slant, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily want to give my address either. So I get it. Is what? that? What? I think you're talking about when you <laughs> crashed your van that you were living. Oh yeah. Lived in a ditch. I received my comment. I a big problem. <laughs> the RAC has yeah, a big problem. Big problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What happened? Were you just you went on a you, you accidentally drove in a ditch. We, we drove onto a patch of land, but they had like um, they put they shoveled like made little hills so you couldn't go over. My mate went over with him and his caravan got straight over, no problem. And I was like, no, no, no. And then, you know, when you, you're like, no, no, no. And then I sat behind the wheel and just went, fuck it. You know, <laughs> you get it, fuck it. And then you go with the fuck it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you shouldn't go with the fuck it. <laughs> you should go with all the fucking hours of <laughs> going, no, 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 that ain't happening. That ain't happening. You know? The reasoning. Yeah. Because, uh, as a human being, and you're it, able to reason. This isn't a good idea. With me fucking scrape like my arms covered in blood like scraping trying to scrape roots and nettle roots and uh, oh, out oh from God. underneath the wheels but was it panicked to, huh was it panicked fuck yeah to... it was fucking panicked it's like when you when you block your toilet at home and, and you get to a <laughs> oh, point where you panic that, where you yeah. just have to put your hand in all the poo oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. you panic and you just think fuck it it's gotta Man, be done let's I, do I it. went actually I went to screw fix to get a a, a special thing to clear the shit out a spade of the toilet no not oh. a spade like a big fucking Rod, and you wind it. Oh, we're yeah, working, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it takes ages. And it goes, yeah. bah, 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 but this thing, and it flicked right out the toilet. <laughs> oh, shit, going every, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's horrendous. Was that in the van as well? No, no, that was when I lived in a house, a normal house. Yeah, a normal house. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> back to the football. <laughs> Villa, uh, um, they've sacked. Tactics Tim, what can I? I don't get what. Why is he called that? Tactics Tim. It's an ironic name because he's not the most tactically minded, so people okay. use it to belittle him. Um, would you rather be facing Tactics Tim in charge of Villa in our next game, or some caretaker they get in? Uh, would you have liked Spurs to have been the final nail in this coffin? Are you guys bitter about Sherwood? I mean, do you... I'm not at all. No, I'm, no. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not bitter. There's oh. there's, be- there's people who've had worse effect on our club and have done worse things for us in Sherwood I don't really like him but I've got I'm not going to be I'm not dancing because he got sacked I mean actually if you think about what he actually did for our club that's he had a much more positive influence than he did negative I get 
don't get me wrong, I mean, you remember the stuff we were recording while he was in charge. Yeah. I had no love for him at all and was glad when he was gone. I knew what was going to happen at Villa, despite him keeping them up last season and taking them to the FA Cup final. I knew, I knew it, you know, I, he can't keep his mouth shut. And he's not that great a manager. He's not a manager. He believes he is, but he's something else. And he should probably return to the role he had at Spurs, was it technical director or... And essentially, Mason, yeah. yeah, and his his role, as I understand it, you know better than me. When actually, you just explain what what was what did I, he do? Well, it's it's always been a bit of um, it's it's never really been fully explained. But my understanding is that he's more of a facilitator. So he's there to kind of talk to the parents and talk to the young players and explain to them what's expected at different levels and organise loan deals and decide whether they're going to play under eighteen or under twenty one football and kind of lead that decision making process. Which actually there's. There's a lot of decisions to make with a young player's career. And if you've got someone who's willing to kind of bring the relevant characters together and make those decisions, it's quite a useful role to have. But he's he's got a big mouth. And so I imagine that his personality was quite dominant in, in a lot of those meetings. And having seen him kind of strut around under-18 and under-21 matches, it seemed like he was quite an important figure, regardless of whether he was doing much coaching or not. So... Given that we were doing quite well in that period, I think it's fair to say that he probably had a positive influence. And then also, regardless of the reasons why he was doing it, bringing Bentaleb and Kane to the team has benefited us yeah, and will that. benefit us long term. So, like Flav says, it's hard to have any kind of ill feeling against him, despite a lot of his sound bites and ridiculousness surrounding him. He's done some good things that have probably helped us in the long term. How do you think... Um he was sometimes. He sometimes did take management or coaching of the under twenty ones. Yeah, he? no, he definitely did. But he had Chris Ramsey there, who's a very highly regarded coach as well. Uh, I don't think Sherwood and Ferdinand are particularly renowned coaches. Yeah. he doesn't have his badges either, does he? No. So how does he keep getting jobs? Good talker, I suppose. Well, no, I'm not saying we, that. We the, why, I, I get. I get why he convinces um, management or, or ch- chairman to give him a job, but isn't it against the rules? Well, if you're taking your badges, you can be employed. He's, That's he's like if I'm, suppose, I'm, if I'm taking my lessons when I'm driving. Well, it's like I'm you can not... drive a scooter, can't you, if you're, if you're taking That's your fucking learner. mental. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of... So maybe it should be called Scooter Sherwood instead of Tactics Tim. Everyone, <laughs> every, everyone, every kid who drives a scooter without a licence does wheelies down the road. You've seen it. You see it all the That's time. That's what Sherwood's done with Villa this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically the <laughs> down the Premier League with Jack Grealish. That's it. Yeah. That's what he's done. Um, and I think he's tried to bring Greenish in before he was ready. Yeah. Um, he tried to do the same thing. Ben Slip and Kane yeah. certainly were much further down the line than Greenish is. Um, but... And it's helped by the media narrative around him as well, with Greenish. But we also have to look at the bigger picture of Villa and realise that they are an absolute mess of a football club. And Sherwood's just another name in a long line of names that where things have gone wrong. And he's actually, if you look at what he's achieved... Given they sold Benteke, Delph, um, didn't get cleverly, and they've had Vlar injured for a long time, yeah. he's had a rough ride there in, in many ways. And I, you know, I don't want to defend him necessarily because I don't really like the guy, but he's, you know, to, in, in true tribute to Sherwood, if you look at his win percentage, it's actually better than his, the previous three managers at Villa. So he's not been as awful as everyone wants to make out, despite them being pretty dreadful in a lot of games this year but a lot was made about him having his his first kind of transfer window and the transfer policy at Villa was a joke oh yeah I know he came when he took over from AVB he was criticising our transfer policy but what he's gone and done there with Richardson uh, Lescott I mean how you can actually think you can have a back four of Hutton Lescott 
Richardson and um, Richards. Richards and expect to do anything other than fight relegation is, is a joke. And plus the other players he's signed, and he's still heavily relying on a player like Bonglahor, who hasn't, I don't know, he hasn't done anything for five years. hasn't done anything. He's not even done anything. I think he's scored yeah. the most goals for Villa in the Premier League, Agbon Law, but that's mainly just because he's, he's been there. there a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, but I don't, to be honest, going to the question, I don't think it makes a difference whether it's Sherwood or whether who's going to take over. Remy Gard, apparently. Which but is, he won't be in place by then, so it'd be a case. Is well, how's Monday, isn't it? How did, well, maybe, but who, who. No, Wilkins left. Wilkins left yeah, as well. Yeah. Who, who, who do you. I mean, did they do well at. Leon Remy God. He was very highly regarded at Leon. He, I think, he only oh, left. He highly wanted Remy a... regarded. <laughs> I don't know why. No, why he did it. Stupid. Carry <laughs> on. He, he wanted. He wanted. Uh... What did you say, buddy? It was very um, James Richardson, Football Weekly. That was uh, quite good. That uh, you like him, don't you? I like that, and I thought that was quite a good little yeah. pun. Cheers, buddy. Well Thanks. Please I carry on. <laughs> God is seen as someone who plays reasonable football and um, trusts young players, which I imagine will definitely appeal to. Um, Randy Lerner because yeah. Villa have got probably not a lot more money to spend and some good young players coming through have they? other than Grealish well they, they've got three they've got, or, they've, yeah. they've got a good under 18 side and they and so I well I don't know how they're under 20 Westwood doing, but he's not young no, alright mid 20s but yeah <laughs> Villa, I'm not Villa don't concern me Oh, fuck, I've done it again, never know. But I'm not, I'm not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're bottom of the form table, they've lost the last six games, they haven't won in the league since the opening day, and they've only drawn one since then. What so... is this all pointing to? <laughs> Upset. <laughs> we'll be them. Of course we will. We'll be fine. It's Aston Villa. We're Tottenham Hotspur. We don't get, we don't, we don't get beat by anybody, apart from Andelict. No, yeah, we don't get beat in the Premier League anymore. Every every game we go into, I think we're going to smash people. I I see Bournemouth. I see every team as Bournemouth who comes to White Hart Lane. (laughs) Man City, I wasn't worried. I just saw them come in. Fuck them. It's just Man City. It's that Man City I remember when they were a normal team. The the only thing that does worry me a little bit with Villa is they haven't really got any good strikers, but they're Gested. I don't know if it's Gested or Jested. Gested. Gested. He is. Very good in the air. Yeah. We're not great at defending crosses, and that's the only thing. He's scored the most me. headed goals in in this country in the last few years. What? Yeah, that's a proper. That's a. Stat. Even when he was playing Championship football, yeah. last year, I don't so. even know who you're talking about. He played for Blackburn for two, three years, and he's been yeah. assigned him in the summer. Just dead. Rudy yeah. just dead. <laughs> Big guy, you can't use, you can't use his feet. Can you can say big really guy all day. Time. I will not know who you're talking about. It's fucking ridiculous. I shouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> I should really know more about football. Do you want to see a picture and see you recognise? Yeah, it? go on, show me. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, how, how do you think we'll set up? It'll be the same team, I'd imagine, uh, more or less. Son looks like he's back on the second of. I've never seen him before in my entire life. I don't know who he is. He played for who before? Blackburn. Blackburn. Did he do well for them? Yeah, it's Where is he? Norwegian? Uh, I made that up. So they lost Benteke and then just signed another he's lump. from Benin, is it? Is, Benin. That, how, is, that, is that what happened? Hmm. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just looking at our laptop like we're not recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even X Hamster, it was Wikipedia as well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, so they they sold Benteke and replaced him, and that you, you're in trouble when you, when you do stuff like that. They, Benteke went for a wedge, 
Yeah, you can't lose any team that loses the call. Then who wants to go to Aston Villa? This is it. They're, they're not a team. I mean, Le- Learn is not running that club in a very wise fashion. A learned way. <laughs> That's for you. Stop. That's for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm not going to keep praising him. All right, fair enough. Sorry. Right, should we fuck this off? Because this is the worst preview we've ever done. I thought it was quite good. Thought really? we dropped some knowledge on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's come to some a low point in the fighting cock when we're laughing at how shit our own preview is and just want to get get it out of the way as quickly as possible. So let's do our predictions. Actually, Sun is coming back on uh, the 2nd of November, that's when they, they say, and he's got a, uh, this strange injury. Um, it's a tendon, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a tendon that runs from um, the kind of heel of your foot to... What's that bit? The balls mm. of your feet. And it's not something that goes away. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very technical, wasn't it? <laughs> but it's basically a tendon that runs from the heel to the balls of your feet. Are you laughing at balls? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's an injury. That, your balls that, hanging off his feet. Yeah, what are they called, then, if they're not balls? It's the ball of your foot. The ball of your foot. All right, but there's a tendon that runs there, and, and he's basically damaged that, and, and it's from persistent sprinting or, or, or explosive... That's what happens to uh, sports players, and actually treating it's quite a difficult thing. Just uh, rest, isn't rest, it? Basically, it's rest, or there is an operation. Apparently, one in twenty people who get this injury need an operation. Fuck. Is this like Danny Rose's turf toe? Yeah, it could be. I don't know how 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 well this is going to go away. And um, the I read up on it today for I don't know why or how this came about, but um, I was reading about it and. Uh, it said that ideally they, you need a year's worth of rest to make it disappear completely. I just thought of something. Do you think it, they're 3D printing limbs now, yeah? Fuck. That's they true. Should, yeah. Right. That, that Do you think prosthetics and, uh, will ever get to a point where they're good enough to play professional What would, would you have a player in your team that had blades, like Pistorius, providing he wasn't a murderer? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. What's no. your problem? Well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like three D print limbs, you'd print like um, I don't know, like Leo Messi's left foot, Ronaldo's right foot. No, but that's not silly. But oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about a player wearing blades. I'm talking about three D printing limbs and shit. Yeah, and, like, you've got to, you can't three D print their brain to make them exactly. work in their legs in the same way. Well, oh, you... give me Messi's <laughs> shaped foot, and I'll be like Messi. <laughs> I'll go through your mind sometimes, buddy. Okay, fine. Let's go back. No, your blades won't work. Let's <laughs> <laughs> skip it over the bar. It wouldn't work, would it? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, do you reckon that will come about one day? I mean, Ledley King could have done with some new tendons and stuff like that in his knee. I'm sure it was tendon. I could have worked. You could do. Would they be allowed? Not in this. Not at the moment. Well, it would be against it regulation currently. It, yeah. <laughs> This is such a weird conversation. <laughs> you'd need you'd need a, like a doctor to answer that shit. This is what happens when like listening to conversation. This is the shit he's interested in. Um, okay, can we move on? No, predictions for, for, for Villa. Three nil Spurs. Two nil Spurs. I'm going to five nil, but properly. And our goal difference is looking very healthy at the moment. Nine will be fourteen after Villa, and then who, who we've got after that? Um, Anderlecht, Arsenal away, West Ham, Carabag, Chelsea. That's actually quite a difficult run of games, if you look at it. I mean, at Arsenal away, anything can happen, but we haven't beaten them in five games now, or lost every one of them, I think. Um, Anderlecht at home will... will prob- Should win. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, I, I saw nothing in that game that meant that we wouldn't, wouldn't beat them at home. 
What gives me confidence in that is Arsenal and West Ham are due a bad result. It's kind of happening, and you can see the um, the, the kind of nonsense, the winger out stuff coming back again. It's been they've been on a high for too long. They need to come crashing back down, and West Ham eventually. Eventually, people get wise to their system, the way they're playing. They've been quite lucky that they've hit teams at the right time. They played Liverpool away at a good time, and they played Man City just as they had that kind of wobble. And they played Chelsea now. <laughs> playing Chelsea now means nothing. And Liverpool. And they Liverpool, beat Liverpool yeah. 3-0 at Anfield. Yeah, but they played a Rodgers-Liverpool, know, which was starting to like, malfunction. Yeah, but to beat those four teams is... is it, it, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City... But if you look at each of those games, it's because... Have I missed one? They've done, they've done four bigger ways. Four of them. And, and you think Tottenham... I mean, we're going to play in the same way. Their way they're, what they've set up to do is sort of uh, defend well, let opponents have have the ball and then break. And we fucking hate that. But they've relied on each team they've played. They've relied on that team when they've been in possession being really bad with it. And we've been a lot smarter with the ball. If you look at some of the goals they scored against Liverpool, is by Liverpool giving the ball away. They beat Arsenal when Arsenal were unable to use the width of the pitch. And they beat Chelsea, who, who are a poor team. I, I'm not too worried about West Ham. If we play how we sh- can play and how we should play, we will beat them. Theodore P from Reddit, say, uh, Reddit, Reddit says, um, what points are you expecting from our tough November? Nine points are possible in his opinion, but zero points wouldn't be un- unbelievable either. I think we should be aiming for seven or five. I, I think zero points would, would be unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, if you lose every one of those league games, we're in trouble. If it, I mean, good- you want a Villa at home, that's... If you don't get any points from that, I mean, we didn't. We lost them last year at home, didn't we? Yeah, we, yeah. We got Ben. Hackett, I think he's yeah. probably talking about the, the Woolwich, West Ham, and Chelsea. I think you're giving West Ham probably too much credit, although that could easily come back and bite me in the ass. Arsenal, way I understand, is a difficult game, and Chelsea at home I mean, we, doesn't I mean, look we, like we, a difficult game at the moment, given what's happened to them, which yeah. has been beautiful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely beautiful. We do owe West Ham a, a good thorough going over. <laughs> 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 I mean, after what they did to us last year, we really. I mean, the players will be fired up for that one. Chelsea, the Chelsea game by then. I mean, imagine if Chelsea continue this run until then, and it's kind of it feels like their bad run sort of started around the time where we smashed them. Yeah, and I think the wheels have come off a bit since then. It's what can you explain it at all? Because I've been looking at it, and I just can't get my head around what's happening to them. Just tight, very very tired players. They barely used any players last year, and they're really feeling the effects of that now. They're Do all just knackered. Yeah, Matic looks like a shadow of his former self. And as does Hazard. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. And Fabregas has been dreadful. Too they many just, players run them into the off. ground. Too many players have just dropped off all at the same time. Plus, players have got older. Terry. But that was his kind of swan song last year. That was his last season as a, a meaningful defender. And um, Fabregas is just, they, don't, they just don't run anymore. They don't do anything. And I think there's serious problems there because they don't even <coughs> seem to have the will to fight for each other or work hard for each other. Something is, is broken in that, in that, in that club. But you imagine you walk into the dressing room and that helmet is talking to you. And you think, I get it if everything's going well and you think, well, I'm going to listen to him because he's won all these trophies. Every club he's been to, he's won the Champions Champions League, I think. He's won league trophies. You know how good he is, his track record is. But if things are not going right and he's still being the helmet that he is, then it's going to be hard to get yep. pick these players up off the ground. And he, he's lost his kind of generals within the team. Jogba has now gone. He's lost Lampard. Terry, something's happened there. He's lost faith in him. Mourinho's always worked by having a couple of players who really 
big personalities who buy into his into his way of playing, and they translate it onto the pitch. But he doesn't have those guys. <coughs> I don't think Matic or Fabregas trust him enough, and uh, they're not they're not the leaders he needs. Cool. All right. Um, <clears throat> we've got a good question from Callum Sturt on Twitter. He asks, "What moment in your Spurs history made you think I love this club?" Al, oh, did you ever have that? When, <laughs> um, like you were talking about the family side of, side of things, and the and to me, for me, that's that's the most important thing about going to football. Still, mm. is uh, to be honest, if if my brothers and my mates, my old man weren't going, I don't think I'd go to Spurs on my own. It was the first time I went, so it was Southampton. I can't remember what fucking year. I remember it was, it was right. just walking along the gangway and just catching walking. There was you know the gaps, like yeah. the, the, the stairs up, and just hearing. The chants get louder as you walk past. And yeah. see it. it's, like, ah, ah. it's just that image is stuck in my head. And yeah, I felt fucking special. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, I completely. Felt, I felt grown up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you do. It's, there is, there is this kind of coming of age thing, being like you belong to something. And it's, and it's it. an important part of, uh, of going to football. I remember being a kid and having the exact same feeling that walking up the gangways and it opens up and there's the pitch. And you think, fuck, I'm at Spurs. But that same, that, I think it was that same game, or maybe the one after, mm. where I also kind of it went into a deep state of, why, what did I do? Because I remember it was your fault, actually. Mm. So I, I had a very high-pitched voice, and I, I thought, um, uh, I can't remember what song I started. Yeah. Um, but then goes like, yeah, this could be. You're starting too quickly. <laughs> I, was, I was setting the pace too quick. <laughs> My old man, to old man. Like, oh. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Uh, then, you know, I beat myself for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we, we've all been there. Like, I, was, I was desperate to like singing and, and to start a song when I was a kid. And I remember, um, I think it was Leeds or Villa, uh, uh, and they they were singing something. I can't remember what they sung, and I sung. The only thing you're gonna win is promotion, and because I was a kid, I didn't know what the fucking thing promotion meant. <laughs> and the geese went, "You mean relegation, mate?" <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, "Could you imagine? Like, you're at the place you just want to fit in." Yeah. And your heart, my heart broke, and to this day, I still, I still, <laughs> yeah. it comes back. I wake up in the middle of the night. <gasps> It's <laughs> <laughs> horrendous, and everyone hears you. Yeah. You know, you sing it, and it goes naturally. Just goes quiet, and um, we all like we learn from these things. It makes you stronger. It breaks you, and you remain broken, but you come back a little bit stronger. We were trying to work out what the fuck your dad was saying as well what? when oh. he was singing songs. Oh yeah, he can't. He doesn't know the words to any songs, <laughs> despite being the oldest Spurs man I know. Um, can't pronounce any players. I tried to get him to say Aldevaldo. <laughs> fuck out of Herald the other day and uh, yeah it was just said Toby obviously naturally oh he can't say Vertonghen yeah my dad calls Vertonghen Venti <laughs> the best he can do Venti um, what have you got any answers what, when, you, when did you realise you loved loved Tottenham it was probably it was um, probably the 91 cup season the cup run I, I remember Gaza scored this goal against um Notts County. Do you remember they had a goalkeeper, Steve Cherry? He was like a really short little fat guy. And I remember Gaza bent it and it just went round him and the goalkeeper just dived but he had no chance. And it was just one of those little Gaza moments where you just so happy and celebrating. And they kind of like... I know looking back I was probably just swept up with the whole thing, like the whole cup run. But probably Gaza and score it and that cup run. Um, I, which is a kind of polar opposite to what I just said. Uh, I remember being in a pub 
called De Cockrell. Um, it's now a health centre on the high road. Um, I think it's THC. I think it's bizarrely. And the um, oh, I was with my uh, my brother's mates. And when you're a little kid, your brother's mates are like they're the bollocks. Do you know what I mean? You want to impress them. And one of them in this pub, when pubs used to sing, they went, "Gal, gal, gives a song, something like that." And I started a song in my unbroken voice. And the whole pub started singing as well. And I was like, fuck, this is it. Like, my, my cock was so hard. <laughs> it was like, I belong. I belong and I'm, I've been accepted. And it's not just because um, my father's son or my brother's brother. I'm, I'm a part of Tottenham. And that was great. And, and, and there was another one, actually, Ipswich. We got beat 3-1 at home on a midweek by Ipswich. And I remember for the first time walking away from a game... And not being disappointed about being uh, about getting beat because I get to go back there next week and watch them again. And there was something amazingly romantic about being young and watching football, and I'm sure it still happens now. Yeah. And some of the reservations I have about the game are about me getting older and cynical, yeah. and kids going to the game are feeling the exact same things that I did. Um, yeah, kids don't. They don't. Kids don't see the stub hubs. They don't see the Stratford. They just see the the players. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the way it should be. And yeah. I wish I could. I wish I wasn't sullied. I wish I didn't become intelligent enough to to, to realise that there's a, a, a lot wrong with with our game. But I hope that um, there's many kids out there going to football and getting excited. I remember one time when uh, I woke up in the morning and my dad was taking me to Chelsea away for the first time ever. Or proper my first away game. Waking up and thinking, "Fuck, I'm going to Spurs away today. This is going to be amazing." And how many experiences do you have when you wake up and think, other than going to a theme park when you're a kid, because that's the best ever. When you go, I'm going to theme park today. That's amazing. But Spurs away when I was when I was, must have been eight or nine. I think Lineker scored a penalty or sharing them actually. It was sharing a penalty. But talking about the kids thing, I very rarely get a program, but occasionally when I do, my favourite bit is you go through and they have like the ball boys. They're there and they list their like favourite food and their favourite players, and that, that is really nice. You see who they actually like, and there's always like one random kid who likes someone completely left what, field. Paulinho. Like like someone, yeah. like, some kid would just say, Paulinho. <laughs> do you remember, uh, remember that in, in the, they, do they still, I haven't bought a, play, a programme in ages, do they still do interviews with the players? And then they ask them uh, questions like, what car do you drive? What's your favourite music? What meal do you eat? They before? do that with the youth players on the website. Oh, do they? Bizarrely. Yeah. What's your dream car? What's your favourite radio station? It's yeah, really weird. That's what music and every mu- every single uh, football player likes R and B. Every yeah. single one. Even Eric Torsfit, <laughs> who's a Norwegian goalkeeper in the Their favourite like, food is always like... chicken, beans and pasta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Chicken pasta. Chicken what the pasta. fuck is chicken pasta? Just a bit of chicken and a bit of pasta. <laughs> Surely their 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 meals are more beneficial than that. <laughs> Spaghetti bolognese. I like spaghetti bolognese an hour before kickoff. <laughs> I mean, do you remember when Tony Yaboa was scoring all those blasters? <laughs> yeah. And I remember the Sun run a headline. It was something like Yorkshire puddings. He like the re- he blamed. He said the reason why he was scoring all these super goals is because he fell in love with the Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> I said football was football. <laughs> it was proper shit, but amazing. Okay. Oh no, Wendy. When did you fall in love? Uh, I haven't really got the kind of memory that lets me pick out. Those moments, but like you, it's the family thing. I just loved going to a game with my my mum and dad and my sister. Um, and I remember when I started going, we had players. We we had some terrible players. I mean, they weren't awful players, but they were lower level Premier League, like Gordon Jury, Pat Vandenhaal. Yeah, these yeah. kind of yeah. 
I mean, they weren't special, but they they did a job. And then when we signed Sheringham, that, that everything changed for me. I absolutely idolised Sheringham. I had him mm. on the back of my shirt. He was such. Even as a child, I could see how classy he was. His touch was amazing. Really unusual for a for an English player in that he wasn't very fast or strong, but his touch was brilliant and his um, intelligence, the way he dropped drop deep and, and lay the ball off for others, it's just really unusual and he, he kind of, he was my my favourite player for many years. I love sharing him, love watching him play. You mentioned Gordon Drury, he's one of my favourite strikers uh, when I was a kid. Jukebox. Jukebox Drury and uh, we, we made up a song in the back of my dad's van as he drove five children in the back of a van that had no seats and tools everywhere and a gas cylinder. Um, <laughs> luckily, he's retired, so he can't get the sack now. But um, yeah, he drove us all the way up to Villa. Um, but we made up a song that went, heard about Pele, heard about Cruyff, heard about Beckham Bar. But what about Jury? That's a different matter. This is what they all reply. It's Jury, Jury, Gordon, Gordon, Jury. <laughs> it's Gordon, Jury. Um, and you should put him in... That's brilliant. With those, <laughs> those players. Do you know what? I can't remember if we did make that up. Someone's going to listen to this and go, fuck off, did you make that up? But in, my he- in my head, that was uh, the song we made up in the back of my dad's van whilst dodging spanners. Um, actually, put a quilt down. That's what I remember. You put a quilt down, but there's tools underneath the quilt. It weren't going to do anything for five kids. Why would you like this, Dad? Take care of us! Anyway, um... Okay, let... Uh, Let's move on. Uh, what's Engineer Al's favourite cheese from Simo on Twitter? Mild cheddar. Mild cheddar? That's the most boring answer in the world. I, I wasn't say. expecting that. I really wasn't expecting that. What were you expecting? Halloumi. It's the sandwich cheese, isn't it? Halloumi you can put in a sandwich. Yeah, I know, but I do. I like I like brie, I like edam. I, like, I don't like I brie. Well, it's up to you. I like all different sorts, but I always come back to the What about cheddar. Wednesday, Dale? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had Wednesday down. Oh, what's your favourite cheese? Uh, mild cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> no, halloumi. halloumi. Everyone's favourite cheese is halloumi. It's like, it's like, especially if you're a vegetarian, it's, it's like cheese, but it's also meat. Yeah, but we go for consistency <laughs> here. Do you know what I mean? If I had to pick one cheese for the rest of my life, it would be mild cheddar. I never buy mild cheddar. I always buy it strong or extra strong mature. No. Okay. I go for blue cheese. Something like um, Stilton or Gorgonzola or Dochelat or something like that. Oh, okay, I knew there were Italian <laughs> cheese coming out. <laughs> Why can't you just one week Dochelata? Nice, what is that? What A nice buffalo mozzarella as well. Really what's, nice. What's Dochelata? It's like a, it's like Gorgonzola. It's like a Gorgonzola. It's like a, a blue cheese, you know, with the mouldy bits. Sounds horrible. It's nice. Wind. Windy. Port Salut. Mm. What's that? It's a, it's a good cheese. Um, French cheese. With the orange rind on it. Yeah, solid. It's so nice. What's so wrong good. with cheddar? I do like cheddar. I like cheddar. I like uh, brie. I like... Um, halloumi. Halloumi is good. <laughs> Let's just talk about cheese. Actually, I think parmesan. If I was... I couldn't survive without that. I, I can't eat parmesan either. Really? Anim- animal rennant in it. Uh, A lot really? of cheese does. If you're vegetarians out there, you check your cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, Vinny Samways, Vinny underscore Fat Samways also asks, have you ever had a poo at a game? I'm 35, 34. I don't think I'd have to answer these sort of questions anymore. <laughs> Al, have you ever had a poo at a game? <laughs> <laughs> have you? Yes. Go on. Milan away. Oh, my God! <laughs> I know this story. Just, oh, my God! Yeah, go on, tell the story. <laughs> this is horrendous. In the centre... Is it the centre square? Mm. 
drinking a lot. And then it and wasn't he, at a game, but it was, it was about football. <laughs> it was before a game, wasn't it? Yeah. Go on. Um, yeah, big queues for the toilets, couldn't get in there anywhere. So, you know, it got to the point where the panic set in. What the fuck am I going to do? So, <laughs> there was a lift. So, <laughs> I got in the lift. <laughs> I got in the lift, uh, pressed down. <laughs> but, and then I had a poo while panicking, can I do it? Before, <laughs> before I get in the bowl. And the door's open. <laughs> Jesus. I knew it, the door's open. <laughs> I saw sure I shut the thing and went up again. Oh, so no one was there when it opened? No, there were people there, but I managed to, like, I don't know, I just got away with it and uh, press up. But then I didn't have, obviously, no paper. And then I thought, right, if I don't sort this out, I'm going to fucking chafe. Like, it's going to set in, you know. <laughs> it's going to ruin my fucking day. So I didn't know what the fuck to do. So I thought, um... Well, it's the same. I think it's the same place where come using the monster months to support the mic stand comes from. Resourceful, like resourcefulness. <laughs> that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I took my sock off and thought I don't want to have sweaty feet, so I, I bit, <laughs> I bit, I bit, I turned my full socks into training socks, basically. <laughs> I bit, bit, bit them in half, and then yeah. Wow. That is that is that's crocodile Dundee shit. That is. That's that, what I'm like. <laughs> find it, have a terrible situation, fix it. Yeah, that's that's all you got for you. And you got what? What did you do with a sock thing? Hey? What did you do with the socks? Did you throw them or? <laughs> Hang on, you worry about the sock? There's a poo in the corner. You worry about the sock? Oh, you pooed in the lit on the floor? <laughs> yeah. oh, we went in a bag. Oh, you horrendous human being! It's horrible, isn't it? In in the in a city of such culture of Milan, Tottenham bring it. <laughs> very very drunk. Yeah. It's left with a sock on top. It's things like that. <laughs> I do feel remorse about... Yeah. You know? Because someone's got to clean it up. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry, that man. And I'm, I'm sure I've paid for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Brilliant. OK, so... Uh, has anyone else had a poo again? <laughs> no. Shit, at White Hart Lane. No. No. OK. You've never had a poo? Game. I've had a poo, but not a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, no, never at a game. No, I wouldn't do you poo, are you? Do you only poo in your house? No, no. Just, just never away. The toilets there are horrible. Yeah. Really... I had to. There was no choice. I was. I got caught, and I, I was the first person in White Hart Lane. I had like the whole concourse to myself. <laughs> I was there waiting in front of the doors for them to. Because I wasn't having a shit in the bed in here, and I wasn't having a shit in that public toilet because that's fucking misery. So I was. I asked the, the steward, "What time is it opening?" And he was like, oh, "It's soon." So I stood there, boo, boo. first in line. <laughs> And then I had two and a half hours in the stadium on, well... God, you not, just, I couldn't get out. You can't get out, can you? Million about, Hold on. Million about my own. <laughs> you so desperately didn't want to go for a poo in the Belenair. Yeah. Or the public toilet. Yeah. That you went into the stadium to spend two and a half hours on your own. Yeah, it opens really early, man. <laughs> <laughs> like... You was the first person to get into my heart lane. Oh, yeah. was excited because you needed a poo. It was nice and clean, uh, but because there was no one there, I could really took my time time over because I had fucking hours well, to I'm kill. glad you enjoyed yourself there's um, just Barbie in like the, the east stand there's a man in the west stand the man in the north and the man in the south they've all just been in had a poo <laughs> it's all waiting you, <laughs> you don't want you I did one, I did one. see you next week <laughs> got a beer got something to eat went down sat down looked at the pitch went back in <laughs> went on Twitter it sounds well boring it was really boring <laughs> All right, um, Agent DCF on Reddit says, how did the Harry, Ed uh, Harry Redknapp era change Spurs fans? For example, 
Do you think it was a major turning point in the club's history? Do you think it changed fans' expectations for the perceptions of their club and perhaps added many new fans with different views from old ones? Was the experience of Wyatt Lane significantly different before and after? Or is Harry Redknapp just one bit of a real change for Spurs, i.e. the Daniel Levy era? There's six questions... Go, Wendy. That's a, I mean, he's a nice guy, David. I, I know uh, we we speak a lot on Twitter. He's a very uh, intelligent Spurs fan. That's a deep question, and I think there's a lot of... Does he slide into your DMs? <laughs> he hasn't slid into my DMs yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's... Oh, it's, 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 that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Go on. It's hard to answer. I think, yeah, essentially, yeah, I think it was a turning point. I think we, the level of expectation since Redknapp and Champions League has got out of control to an extent, where fans before that were probably a little bit more laid back and accepting of of the fate of being a, a club like Spurs. Um, whether that's a bad thing or not, I mean, it's, in some ways it's good to raise expectations because then you don't settle for second best. Well, how, do you ever, how do you ever get any better if you don't raise expectations? Exactly. It's a hard this one, is, This is what I was coming on to. And I think, I mean, we, we've all got our opinions on Redknapp. And, and for me, he, was, he, had, he had some talent in gathering a group of players who wanted to achieve something as, as a group for one another and for him. But he was a gobshite. And he, if he just learned to close his mouth... Yeah. He'd have probably been one of the most successful managers that we've had. Yeah. But he, he, he talked himself out of a job. He tried to talk himself into the England job. Um, and he, he blew it. But I don't know, it's, it's, just, it's so hard to find a kind of single answer because there are so many different facets to the club now and, and then. Um, and it's hard to say that Redknapp was the one factor that affected things when obviously we've, we've got a chairman that's overseen Redknapp and, and managers since. Yeah, I mean, it, it did put us into the into the sky top four for a bit. So the perception of the the way the media looked at us changed, and that made the way we that made made the way most of us look at our club change as well. So all of a sudden, we were expecting to be in the top four when we shouldn't really have been there. Was it a big? Was it a major turning point in our club? No, I don't think so. There's been bigger things that's happened, and it is just a small part of the evolution that the club's been on in the last 10 years under Enoch that things have changed a little bit it can't always be good sometimes you got there's always going to be like steps backwards and there's going to be mistakes but I don't think it was a major turn just a period of time one one of the things that stayed with me from Redknapp and and, and one of the few things I actually believe 100% that he said and made complete sense was it, it, it was very simple which is Kind of typical of, of 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 Harry Redknapp was that he said, um, "It's all about the players. It's all about what players you have. You have better players, and it seems a very simplistic way of doing uh, of thinking about things. But you have better players, and you go on to do better things. And he happened to have a squad of amazing footballers. Really, there was four or five that were very very good that would fit into almost any team in the Premier League at the time. Thinking of Gareth Bale, King, Van der Vaart, Modric." Um, that's probably it to be fair but he had the players and he did well with them I think he'll be defined and remembered for that collapse when we were third in the league and we could have we could have challenged and we were close we had the players and he failed it was his fault ultimately um, the, the, talking about raising actually go on Wendy just that I was going to say that 
the thing about him saying it's about the players, it was almost dismissive of the fact that part of his job was improving players and bringing through younger players. So for him, it was all about who can I sign, who can I bring in that's better than what we've already got, with no kind of focus on developing what we've got bubbling below the surface to improve them. And I think that's the contrast with Pochettino. He's so focused on... Let's look at what we've got and let's improve them. And if they're not appropriate, get rid of them it's and get the players I dream. can improve. It's exactly. And what I was going to come on to say was that the, the, as soon as Redknapp left, Levy changed the philosophy. He went back to, I want to build a structure rather than focus on individuals. So I got rid of this spokesperson, Redknapp, who, was, who had a lot of control at Spurs. And instead, I've got different departments. I've got departments who specialise in their own areas now. So I've got Paul Mitchell, head of scouting and recruitment, whatever. Rob McKenzie doing a similar job. And I've got Pochettino, head of coaching. That's that's the kind of um, the modern structure with football now. Mm, absolutely. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was the expectation that, that, that for me did and has and continues to, to, to kind of affect my experiences at White Hart Lane. The expectation was raised so hard, high. And and you can imagine, you can understand why why fans still get frustrated to this day because they want all of that. They they were they were given a taste of it and it was taken away from them. Mm. Partly down down to our inability to to maintain that that kind of fourth space uh, fourth, fourth spot, but also because we were screwed out of it with Chelsea and you know we're unlucky and you know it's typical things that happen at Spurs. But for a, mul- a multitude of reasons, we we haven't been given that again. And we were given a taste and it was taken away. And that, that is quite a, a difficult thing to accept as a Spurs fan because we imagine ourselves and we believe that we are a, a massive club. And we are, I mean, consistently the fifth biggest, in terms of success, fifth biggest club in in England. And that's, you think there's 92 teams. Is it 92 teams in the league? 92. Um, yeah. I think. Anyway, and, and to, to be the fifth best consistently and, and, and still want more because we've tasted it before, it is damaging and it does affect the atmosphere because it, we're not getting what we want. And you change the atmosphere, you change your expectation and you realise it's not really necessarily about finishing fourth. Um, and that's ideally what I would want, but I can understand um, I can understand why people's expectations have been raised and they want that same thing, but you lose players like Modric and Bale and it just ain't going to happen. Yeah, but as Wendy said, it was unsustainable. The Redknapp era wouldn't would never have lasted more. It well, it didn't even last two seasons. It lasted half a season. The whole kind of that rush, that that big push we did, where we ended up fourth. There was no long term plan there. It was a massive sugar rush, and then after it was always going to crash. It's kind of similar to Liverpool's second place um, yeah. finish in many they ways. Had, they had Suarez. Just exactly the, the, those elite players at that time, and then nothing. And you kind of it, teams like Spurs and Liverpool. You're lucky, you're luck. You've lucked out because you have those players at that time, and they've come out of nowhere. Modric, we didn't realise how good he was. In my opinion, it probably is amongst the best midfielders in the world. Mm. Bowles, as everyone knows, just unbelievable. He was lucky to have those two players. We were lucky to see him. It's unlikely we'll ever see two world class players like that, like them two, ever in the same team again. It's luck. Suarez, they were lucky. Liverpool bought him off. I actually turned out. It just is luck. And those players make massive amounts of difference. You can use all the tactics. You can be the best manager in the world. But you need players like that. Even when Porto won the Champions League under Mourinho, he had Falcao. One of the best forwards. I know he's fallen off, but one of the best. It was Falcao at Porto. No. 
Was it not? not Mourinho. No, he didn't have Falcao. Didn't he have Hulk? AVB had... Uh, AVB had... Sorry, who did, who did... Mourinho had... Um, his strike force wasn't that good. It was like Benny McCarthy, I think. Fuck me! <laughs> Fuck, what am I talking about? He won the Champions League with Benny McCarthy. He did have Deco and Carvalho and um, Ferreira had right back. Mm. Yeah, he was, it definitely wasn't Falcao. All right, sorry. That's all right. You looked at me and I was like, oh, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> Mr. Columbia over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, is anything else to add? No, all right, fair enough. Uh, this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Thank you so much, Engine Rao, for coming on and talking to us. What you on about, man? I made this shit. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I always say this is what I do. You don't listen to the podcast anymore, obviously. I do. All right. Uh, thanks, buddy. No worries. Very you. much. Uh, Windy, been a legend. And I've been Flav. Yeah. Uh, you can still download the app on uh, iPhone and Android. Um, the Banzine is coming soon. The pre-orders will be. I got told off at halftime for promising stuff that didn't. I can't yeah. pull out the bag. Um, but it is. I mean, it t- the fanzines are hard to predict. Okay, guys, it's very difficult. <laughs> and <laughs> as soon as the pre-order is ready, they'll That's be ready. <laughs> no, you haven't. You're, you're, you're right. You know, we, we say the pre-orders about. They should be up. Um, protecting you, we're protecting you. Know you've done an amazing job with the fanzine, and we don't want you to get unnecessary stick. All right, I feel better now. All right, this has been the Fine Club Podcast. You. Thank you so much. See what? Uh, the toilet's fucked. You can have a piss, but don't poo. Don't poo. <laughs> Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.